say, hey, I've got a Christmas bauble up here. <laughs> just as we start, I'd just like to say uh, thank you for um, praying for us as we went away as elders. Um, this week, we had two days away as elders, which were uh, fantastic. A uh, real sense of meeting with God and enjoying God and knowing him with us. Uh, a real sense of him uh, talking to us about a number of things. And uh, so uh, we have a church family meeting here on the 22nd. Uh, so one week today, uh, a week today, uh, 7 o'clock in the evening, where we'll be uh, sharing some of those things which came out of that, plus some other news. Uh, if you think of Harvest Church as your church, then you're really welcome. If you're not sure, uh, you're welcome, Okay. So uh, please don't feel you need to hold back. Uh, oh, I don't know whether I'm allowed to come. There's no allowed to come, okay? The doors are wide open. If you see Harvest Church as your church, or if you're looking in on Harvest Church and you're thinking, oh, maybe it's going to be our church, then please come uh, next uh, Sunday evening, 7 o'clock, where we'll be sharing all sorts of things of uh, the goodness and grace of God that's at work in our lives. We'll have lots of uh, different things we want to talk about uh, for our uh, journey ahead. Uh, so I just want to make that invitation. Uh, do you have a lovely sense of, what a wonderful sense of God with us this morning. And uh, um, uh, I, I know sometimes I do this. Uh, I just had a sense as we were in uh, the place of worship uh, of God wanting to speak to a couple of people in our congregation this morning. And you know, please, you need to go away and weigh what I say. This isn't, you know, this is, uh, the Bible talks about us weighing when people share words for people, we need to go away and weigh it. We check it against Scripture. We check it against what we sense in the Spirit. We ask uh, good people, uh, leaders, people we trust. Okay, so I want to encourage you, please go away and weigh these things I'm going to share uh, for a couple of individuals here. Um, the, the first one, and, and please, it's not to embarrass either. Hopefully it's an encouragement from God. Uh, the first person I want to just share something for uh, is you, Gillian. Uh, I hope that's okay. Uh, it's lovely to have you here this morning. Um, this is really weird for me too because I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> um, now, I didn't know it was you, but uh, literally I, I was standing here in the worship this morning. I just looked around. I saw your face and thought, that's the person I saw in my dream last night. Um, now, that's a new one for me. Uh, I don't think I've ever had that before, but um, I hope this fits. <laughs> um, the picture I had was of you running around a lot and being very, very busy. And I felt it was a busyness deriving from a sense of, I don't know what the future is. And it's trying to sort things out. And I felt God just wanted to say, enjoy the peace of God. Delight yourself in him. Psalm 37, I feel I'd encourage you to go read Psalm 37 and feed on Psalm 37 where it talks about delighting in God and he will give you the desires of your heart. But it's as you delight in God. And I just feel that God wants to overwhelm you with his peace even now. Just receive the peace of God. Is that okay? Great, great. Um, Andy, you were the other guy. Or the other person. I think it's Andy. It is Andy, isn't it? Yeah, I have got the name right. Sorry. There was a blank look on your face and I thought, oh, hey, I've got the wrong name. <laughs> um, Andy, sorry, I don't know. What do you do as a job? 
You're an engineer. Okay. The, the phrase I have for you, you weren't in a dream, you'll be glad to know. Um, just as we were worshipping, though, I, I had this phrase, bringer of hope. Bringer of hope. And I feel it's particularly in your workplace, God's going to use you to bring his hope. And I feel there's like a season coming where God wants to do surgery on your heart and grow your sense of that, that hope of God. But as he does that, you're going to find your, just opportunities. You don't need to go looking for them. You'll find opportunities where you'll have uh, uh, the opportunity just to express that hope which is in you and to bring the hope of God. And I feel God would say, don't be shy in coming forward and proclaiming that Jesus brings hope. There's people around you who are hopeless at the moment, and they need to know there is hope. And God's anointing you with his spirit and is doing surgery on your heart that you can bring hope to others. Does that make sense? Is that okay? Grand, grand, good. God's good. Isn't God good? All the time he's good. Um, last week, we, uh, I shared a bit about our sense of vision for the journey ahead. Uh, we felt God is calling us on as a church. And I just want to very, very quickly do a recap on that because there may be some here who weren't here last week. Maybe you were helping the kids work last week or, or whatever it may well be. So I think it's always useful to recap things. Uh, and then we're going to press ahead and, and start to look at one of three words which we feel describe the type of church we want to be. Um, last week, I, I talked about how we had this sense as leaders that God was calling us on a journey together and using the analogy of uh, going on a journey in a car or a vehicle, uh, a journey where we're not going to come back to where we started. And there were four aspects to a journey. And uh, the first one was this, every journey starts with a goodbye and, you know, when we go on a journey, no matter how small or how big, we have to leave some things behind. Now, some of those things can be things which were really good, but some of them also may be things which are of hurt or pain. Equally, they need to be left behind if we're to go on the journey. It was interesting, Neil's picture, trying to press forward in God, but your hands are full of stuff. We need to come empty-handed to leave the cases behind because you can't take everything with you and press forward into the purposes of God. And, uh, you know, so that's the first part of it. Every journey starts with a goodbye. And we'll refer to this regularly over this next season, maybe the next six, 12 months. So don't, don't feel, oh, well, I haven't got hold of this yet. For some of us, our goodbyes will happen much sooner than for others. Some will take longer. Some will be about celebrating the greatness and goodness of God in our lives, but recognizing that's a season that's passed, and now we've got a new season. Others, it will be allowing God to heal some of the hurt and pain of the past of our lives. Things which may go back many, many, many years, not just uh, recent past. It may be things which have defined us and shaped us over our lives. Both, both are important that we engage with. And so every journey starts with a goodbye. The second thing was this. We need a vehicle appropriate for the journey. 
And we talked about how we need to work through what sort of church we're going to be, what we're going to feel like, what our family ways will be as a church, uh, culture of things we want to celebrate. It's not that our things are better than others or worse than others. It's just each church has a different flavor. And working out what this sort of flavor is. And we said we'd be particularly looking at that in the second half of this year. And then we said, thirdly, every journey... On every journey, there will be key moments where key decisions have to be taken, which define the route. And we need to have God's clarity on that route. And that route needs to be defined and shaped by the word, but also as God speaks to us uh, through the prophetic and how important prophetic gift is and ministry is into our church as it starts to shape and define our journey. But every journey, before you start, we need to know where our destination is. And that's the fourth thing, that actually every journey finishes with a destination. Now, uh, uh, for some, one would often uh, perhaps talk about a destination being a size of a church or a, uh, uh, a certain level of achievement. And we said, actually, we felt that the destination for us is being what we would want to call a healthy church, a church which had three particular words to describe the destination. It was this, it was disciples, the church of disciples that make disciples a church uh, who are of the Spirit, secondly, that we welcome the Spirit, we walk with the Holy Spirit, and a church which is about seeing the kingdom of God come, because that is what we're called to do as disciples of Jesus, is to see his kingdom come. Now, if you want to put that into a sentence, you could use this. Um, I think we, we, maybe we'll get to a sentence at some point, but I, I just wrote this on as I was preparing, uh, that we are sons of the Father who, walking with his Spirit, advance his kingdom. Sons of the Father, that's our status, that's who a disciple is, we're sons of the Father who, walking with his Spirit, that's a hand-in-hand thing, it's talking about being on a journey together, it's talking about relationship with his Holy Spirit, advance his kingdom. That's what we're called to do. We're called to see his kingdom come here on earth. That's an important part of the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Hey, when we pray that, we're praying, God, use me to see the kingdom of God come in and through my life. And so disciple spirit kingdom are the three words we said we were going to particularly focus on over this first half of the year and try and unpackage and understand what we mean by them. And so today we're going to start a four-week series just looking at this word. What does it mean to be a disciple? And I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bible to a place you may not anticipate when we think about disciples. And it's, you may have noticed my fingers in my Bible in a very early part of the Bible. Uh, if you just pull back the front cover and turn a few pages, you'll get to Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to read just a few verses from Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to start at verse 6. And uh, this is, we're breaking in partway through to do with the fall of man. And when the woman, that's Eve, saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. 
So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And Father, we ask, just as we reflect on these four verses from your word, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you help us to understand the type of relationship you want us to have with you? And would you free us to be that sort of people? In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. So, you may think, well, Andrew, you've really lost the plot. Now, why on earth? You, you know, why didn't you go to the count of Jesus calling his disciples in Matthew or Mark or Luke or, 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 or other things? And just uh, understand this. When we look at concepts in the Bible, actually, we can see them right the way from the beginning of Scripture. We don't just have to stay in the New Testament. We can go back because actually God's big picture plan is revealed throughout Scripture. Okay? And here, what we're going to do is we're trying to just see a glimpse, get a glimpse of how God designed creation and mankind and the relationship which was to exist before the fall happens. Or actually, at this point, it's just as the fall happens. And we get a glimpse here. You see, verse five, uh, 6 and 7, we have the fall happening. Adam and Eve put themselves in control of their lives. Effectively, they rebel from the uh, rebel against God. They say, I, we, wanna, we want to know, we want to have wisdom. We want to know these things. These things which are hidden in this, the fruit of this tree. Probably not an apple, by the way. And immediately as the fall happens, what, what do we see here in verse 6 and 7? Then the eyes of both of them were opened. They realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together, made coverings for themselves. Suddenly they become fearful. Suddenly they're afraid. In verse 10, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. As the fall happens, fear uncertainty enters their lives where before it would appear there had been perfect love and harmony and peace. And verse 8 gives us a little glimpse perhaps of how life was before the fall. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. God was walking with man? God was out in the garden to be with Adam and Eve? What sort of relationship did they have prior to the fall? Well, one of unhindered relationship with Almighty God. One where they weren't fearful. One where there was no sense of uncertainty or shame. They had full access, it would appear. Full access that they knew Father God walking in the garden. The Lord God walking in the garden, in the garden which they lived in, the garden which they tended, the garden which they inhabited, God came and walked with them. 
Wow. Wow, what sort of relationship was that? How precious that must have been. How amazing that must have been. A real deep relationship with Almighty God. Enjoying his love. Enjoying the security that brings. The absence of fear. Having full access to the Father. Nothing hidden. Literally, nothing hidden because they were naked before him. Children with their father. And yet then, we read in verse 10 about fear because they're naked. And in verse 9, that sense of the Lord calling, where are you? Where are you? He knows something's happened. He knows exactly what's gone on, actually. Relationship broken. Separation from God. The result of separation from God, the result of sin, is fear of alienation, of uncertainty, of shame. Relationship with the Father, damaged, destroyed. And yet, doesn't this paint an amazing picture? Doesn't it paint an amazing picture of how God decided in creation how we as mankind were to know him? And I don't know about you, but there's, I read this account and I get stirred up. I think, oh Lord, I long for that sort of walk with you. I, I, the idea of being able to walk in the garden with our Father, wow, with Father God. With the Lord God Almighty, maker of heavens and earth, to know him in that way. Wow. Wow. Isn't that precious? Isn't that attractive? I find it so, oh, yeah. Wow. Isn't that good? But because of sin and shame, because of sin and shame, that becomes impossible. That becomes impossible. We're separated. Adam and Eve are thrown out of the garden because sin has come into the world. They can't stay there. And yet thousands of years later, then Jesus comes. Jesus comes and he dies on a cross. He dies for what reason? So that we can be restored in relationship to our Heavenly Father. That's why he dies. That's why he comes. That the way can be made clear again. That the cost of sin and shame before a holy God is paid for by a pure and spotless sacrifice. The Lamb of God. <laughs> totally paid for. And so the way is clear again. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to the Father. No one can come to the Father except through me. He is literally the way to the Father. By being the truth, by being the life of God on earth, living a pure, holy, perfect life on earth, taking the suffering of mankind on himself as Son of God, taking the wrath of God for the sin of the world, 
<laughs> we come to celebrate that at Easter, and wow, what a celebration that's going to be. As he does that, the way is made clear again to the Father. And in the temple, the massive curtain which separates mankind from the Holy of Holies, from the presence of God, 10 centimetres thick, a massive curtain, I can't remember the other dimensions, is torn in two from the top to the bottom, with the top being, I think, something like 9, 10 metres high. As God says, mankind can come back. As Father God makes a way through the Son for us to have relationship with him. We're saved by the grace of God. Not by our works. Not by anything else. But we're saved to come into relationship with our Father in heaven. God's desire is that we know that we are sons or daughters of God, children of God, made possible through Jesus' death on the cross, who pays for our sin. And his desire is we live out that sonship, that daughtership, for want of a better word, sorry about the, uh, uh, the murder of English grammar there, uh, and that we live out what it is to be children of God in our lives, that we know the love of the Father. See, it's the Father's love and desire for relationship with us. It's his desire for relationship with his creation to be re-established that brings Jesus to come to earth. It takes Jesus to the cross. It's what uh, means that sin and shame is dealt with. It's the desire of the Father to be restored to relationship with you. With me. With each and every one of us. So we too can walk with him. So we too can have a relationship with him. And you may say, Andrew, hang on. I thought a disciple was a follower. Yes, that's right. The word disciple means follower. But who are we following here? Are we following, aren't we following Jesus? Yes, we are. You're right. But don't panic. The reason we're following Jesus is because he leads us to his Father. The reason we're disciples of Jesus, the reason we want to be people, little uh, Christians, little Christs, that's what the word means, little Christ. It was a term of mockery originally. The reason we want to be Christians is because we know we can only come to the Father through Christ. But we don't stop just with Christ. We come into a relationship with Father God. And it's that relationship with Father God which defines who we are. It's that relationship with Father God, that sense of sonship, of daughtership, of identity in God, in the God's love that completes us. So we become, a, in becoming a Christian, we, yes, we become a follower of Jesus. But we become a follower of Jesus because he restores us to the Father. And he demonstrates then what it is to live the life as a Christian. What it is. So we, yes, sure, we, we, we copy what Jesus did. That's what a follower does. They copy. They imitate. 
<laughs> Paul says that, doesn't he? He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. The Apostle Paul. Yeah, of course, we imitate Christ because he's the one who takes us to the Father. And he only did what he saw the Father doing. So if we do the sort of things Christ did, then that's a good, good way of living out our relationship. But you see, too often I think when we think disciple, we think this. Do. Do, 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 do. Make a song out of that, couldn't we? Do your Bible study. Do your prayers. Do your times of worship. Do your times with the church. Do life group. Do ministry. Do whatever else it is you want to add on to the list. And you know, there's nothing wrong with all of those things. But fundamentally, first and foremost, a disciple is. They're in Christ. They're hidden in Christ. Their sin and shame has been dealt with in Christ. And they've come into relationship with our Father God in heaven. And he's the one who defines who we are. He's the one who says, yeah, you're loved, you're cherished. He's the one who gives us his Holy Spirit, who works in our hearts and lives and helps us to get closer to the Father and to know the Father's love and to know that sense of completeness of the Father's love. That love, like Jesus knew at his baptism as, as the love of God was poured out on him. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. That sense of sonship. I'm a son of the Father. I'm delighted in by the Father. I'm not just tolerated. I'm loved by Father God. I'm welcomed into his presence because Jesus has made the way. Not because of my, my successes. Not because of what I do. Because of who Jesus is. And so at the essence of being a disciple, which is being a follower of Jesus, is actually that we become children of the Father, sons, daughters of Almighty God. That's where he leads us. That's where Jesus takes us. If we follow Jesus, that's where we end up. And we start there. Now, you may be thinking, Andrew, are you sure about this? And I'm going to give you a very earthly illustration for a moment. It is an earthly illustration, but maybe it will just help you to think about something for a moment. Please work with me on this one, because it needs a response. I would like to ask you, if you have children of any age, you may not think of them as children because they may be in their 60s. Or they may be very, very young. But if you have children of any age whatsoever, could you please raise your hand at this point in time? Congratulations. Well done. And you're still looking, saying, keep your hands up for a moment, please. This is good exercise. If your arm gets tired, you can always put the other one up and put one down. A bit of aerobic exercise or something like that. Um, now, only keep your hand up, only keep your hand up, if you only love your children because of what they do. Wow. What, you mean you don't love your children because of what they do? That's odd. Because I think if I was to ask that question differently... 
How many of us would leave our hands up thinking that the Father only loves us because of what we do? The Father loves us and demonstrates his love for us in this, that Jesus came and died for our sin. And he came and demonstrated a different way of living. He showed what it was to be a son, the son of God. And to make a way that we become adopted into the family of God. We become joint heirs with Christ. If you're not sure about some of the language I'm using, I'm trying to reflect lots of different passages of Scripture. I can point you to those afterwards. It's a bit difficult to keep on flicking through lots and lots and lots of different passages in a relatively short time. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? Do you delight in the Father's love? Just that, his love. Or are you trying to get his approval? Are you trying to justify why you're in the family? Are you trying to achieve something for God because that way it makes you feel that he loves you more? A disciple is, and then a disciple does. We do because of the love of God. We do because our hearts have been changed. And just like with a child, our natural children, we love to please our Father in heaven. And we know there are things we do which bring Him delight and which deepen our relationship together. And that's why we spend time in the Word. It's why we, uh, uh, why we pray, because that's talking with Father. I mean, how many of us here have got parents which we never talk to? I hope the answer is very, very few of us indeed. Of course we want to talk to our children, to our parents. And Father God desires us to talk with Him, because He wants to tell us about what His plans are for us. He wants to tell us about how he loves us. He wants to make us feel whole and complete. He wants to embrace us when we feel afraid or lonely or worried. First and foremost, it's who we are. Out of that, though, out of that relationship. Of course, lots of stuff flows. Yes, of course we want to live to please him. Of course we want to be a delight to him. Of course we want to spend time with him. Of course we want to be shaped and come to know him better and better. And you know, we, we, we do that through being in the word and through helping one another and through serving and through taking steps of faith and trusting him more. Some of you parents here may remember days where perhaps that first time, I'll just come off the stage here, Perhaps your child was even on this stage and they'd never jumped off anything before and perhaps you stood here and said, come on, I'll catch you. Come on, you can do it. Maybe it wasn't here, maybe it was in the park. I don't know. But I guarantee most of us as parents probably did that at some point in time and helped our children grow in trust, grow in faith of us. Our Father calls us to things, to grow in faith, to deepen that relationship, to go 
further in that relationship. And so when we think about disciples, being disciples of Jesus, let's remember this. We start, yes, absolutely in Jesus. He leads us to the Father. In Christ, our sin and shame is dealt with. And we have entry once again into the Father. The Father completes us in his love. He lavishes love on us. And he draws us into a relationship which we then outwork, which involves all sorts of activities, which are good and healthy. But let's not forget, it starts with the Father. It starts with understanding who we are, who the Father is. Do you know, many of us will have experienced different types of Father figures in our lives. And even as I use the word Father, for some of us, you'll be, ooh, that's not a good thing to talk about. Perhaps your father was distant or remote and didn't engage with you, didn't call you out into the uh, call the child in you out into adulthood at appropriate points in time. Perhaps the father wasn't there, wasn't there emotionally, wasn't there physically. Perhaps you don't even know who your father is. You don't have any relationship with your natural father. And as I'm talking about father, you're thinking, rubbish example, Andrew. Or perhaps you've had other figures who have been like fathers. Church leaders. Church leader who let you down. I'm not just referring to the recent past. I'm, uh, maybe a different church, maybe eons ago. Where you felt completely let down by somebody you trusted, a father figure. Perhaps it was a mentor at work, somebody who was meant to train you, and then you realized that they were just abusing that trust. And that sense of trusting somebody in authority, of trusting somebody with your self, with your identity with your sense of worth and belonging, of uh, uh, that sort of stuff. It, it's got lost. It's got damaged. I believe Father God is here today to see us restored in his love, to knowing him as Father God again. And that's what he's calling us to do. It's part of leaving some things behind. It's part of going on a journey. For some of us, it won't be everybody. For some of us, we need to leave behind those bad images, those bad memories. And trust God that actually he really is that loving heavenly father we read about in scripture. That father who will complete us. That father who makes us safe, secure. Who removes uncertainty and shame and fear and all those other things which can so easily get in the way and cause us not to trust again. And cause us not to press forward again because our hands are full of... We think things which are precious, but actually things which bind us up and stop us pressing forward. And I want to make that 
plea today that we, if, if you're in that place, you don't leave here today without actually allowing Father God to come and restore you, to come and see you set free from perhaps those negative connotations of what a father is, from those experiences, those past things which have perhaps made you think, well, I've just got to, uh, I've got to justify myself. I've got to gain approval. I've got to achieve in order to be loved. All those things which can get in the way out of fear and shame and uncertainty. And actually say, I can be certain in the love of God. I can be certain in the fatherhood of God. The sort of sonship he calls us to is like that sonship Jesus had. Because he were, were to be adopted into the family. That sonship of great relationship with the absence of shame or uncertainty, without the need to perform, with the absence of fear, but actually just secure in the love of the Father by the work of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit draws us to the Father and helps us understand the Father's love. And I want to encourage us, let's think about how we can actually make choices today where we leave those other things behind. Let me just give an example. You may be thinking, well, Andrew, how do I leave this sort of stuff behind? Well, first of all, you need to be brave. You need to know that God is a loving God who loves his children and will never leave us or forsake us, so it's okay to take a risk with him. And then you may need to make a choice. You may need to make that choice that I'm going to forgive that bad example of fathering which has shaped or damaged me. Praying God help me to forgive is a great prayer, but it's not forgiving. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice. It's a cold, in the end, it's a cold, logical choice. If you wait until you feel like forgiving, the reality is you probably never will because your feelings will be all over the place. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice made in the presence of the pain of the experience. And so it's, Father, I choose to forgive, put in the name, for what they did and for how it made me feel. That's real forgiveness because you're connecting then with not just some glib, well, I forgive them. No, you, what they did, that's really important, but also how it made you feel, the effect it had on you. It's a choice. It's a choice to break the chains. It's time the chains came down. It's time the chains came down. We're in a new season now. It's time the chains came down. That word was so powerful. They're still there. It's time the chains came down. And I remembered of that word Christine had last week about trying to step forward, yet chained to this massive resistance 
It's time for the chains to snap. How, does they, how do they get broken? It's in your power. It's your power. It's your choice to forgive. It's your choice to let somebody else go free. Yes, you are. By forgiving them, you're letting them go free. But you will never be free until you forgive them. You may think you're holding them captive. They're holding you captive if you've not forgiven them. It's time for us to come free. Free to really enjoy the Father's love. Free to press in unhindered, unfettered. Free to be. Olaf earlier brought a word. Grace and mercy overflowing today. I think that was the essence of it. Is that right? Grace and mercy. There's grace here today to forgive. And there's the mercy of God. As you know the mercy of God that he forgives you, then let that mercy cause you to forgive others and to walk away and embrace that freedom the Father has for each one of us of walking with him again. Helen brought that word earlier. That the Spirit was starting to open some caves which we'd never been in before. For some of us, one of those caves which the Spirit is opening up today is that of forgiveness. Forgiveness for those who had authority in our lives, who abused that authority, who misused that authority, which left us hurt and pained to the point that we don't trust authority. And that has influenced and affected actually how we trust Almighty God and how we allow Him to define who we are. feel quite sobering doesn't it but understand this this is the starting point of a great journey God's taking us on a wonderful journey a journey of freedom of liberty of grace of delighting in our father but we do need to leave some things behind and part of being a disciple is being embraced with the love of the Father in a way where we know great freedom and liberty to go on the journey. Could I invite you all to stand for a moment, please? Father, would you just come and reveal your love to us now? Receive the love of the Father in Christ Jesus. Just you want to reach out your hands. Receive the love of the Father in Christ Jesus. Just allow the Father to come and embrace you with his love. The Spirit of God's just here to remind us 
to remind us and help us grab hold of the love of the Father. Now receive the love of the Father. Welcome him. Allow him to do what he wants to do. And if you know that perhaps now's the time you need to make a choice. Make a choice to let go of those bad models you've experienced, those bad experiences you've had, which have shaped your thinking wrongly. Why not say, Father, help me to forgive that's always a great point. Ask him to help, because he does. And then you may want to make that choice here and now. Something like, I choose to forgive. And then for what they did, And the effect that's had on you. Come, Father. Come and free us. Free us from cynicism. Free us from skepticism. Free us from the past hurts that we can embrace your love fully. And be the people you've called us to be. We welcome you here, Spirit of God. Draw us to the Father, we say. Now for some of us, we may need to renounce wrong ways of thinking. We, where, where we've thought counter to Scripture. Things like where we've, we've, we've believed lies of the evil one. And the Spirit of God can just open that up even now. If you're aware of wrong behavior, wrong patterns of thinking, you may need to just say, I choose to renounce thinking in that way about my Father God. I choose to renounce the lie that the devil has sown into my heart and my life. I renounce them in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord, we ask. We look to you, sovereign God. We know we're going on a journey. So we look to you, sovereign God, and we say, Father, we're here for you. We want to know your love. Free us to be the children you've called us to be. Free us to be disciples. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. If uh, this has started something in you, and you're thinking, Andrew, you've just uncapped the most horrible can of worms and I really need to talk to somebody now or later. The prayer team will be available. Prayer team, you know who you are. Please be available. There will be folks, I'm sure, who want prayer this morning. Please be available. But please know also we can talk about this in our life groups, in our community settings. Let's be real with one another. There will be notes, life group leaders, to follow on from here uh, over the week. So uh, um, please let's help one another to go on this journey together but if you'd like prayer now please make your way forward as we conclude the meeting parents please grab your children refreshments will be served out in the cafe it's been great to be together thank you